Well, hey guys, thank you so much. Welcome yeah. to uh, welcome to uh, another episode of uh, Thirty Nine Drunken Disorderlies. Woo. Oh yeah, is it, is it, you, you can cheer. Okay, welcome it's, to it's the allowed. silent episode. This is the silent episode. It's a, it's a <laughs> silence. We're, we're gonna get a piano player in soon and go doodly 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 doodly. You know, as we sit here doing nothing for like forty-five minutes. I think this is number nineteen. Make some noise if you've been to a taping here before. We got some people in the room. All right. So All the, right. the podcast can well, now. Well, I fucking hope you'd been here, man. <laughs> Healthy sna- smattering. Yeah. Jabril, why weren't you clapping? You were here. You've been to a taping. There you go. The podcast can now drink in Canada, which for a drinking podcast is good. 19. This is episode 19. Yeah. Yeah. We are old enough. Right. Two more years and we're anal in all states. <laughs> As always, we have uh, some celebs in the house. So yeah. We got uh, actor Muhammad Junaid and uh, looks like Windy City Nick's in the back of the room right there. Give it up for them. Yeah, yeah. Hey, hey, hey. And uh, we got a special treat. Uh, we got Jade. It's Robertson, right? Jade Robertson from, oh, here we go. Uh, I was... But he's like, no, no, the company. Page to Do you picture? work for the city of Sioux St. Marie? Are you a sewer worker? All right, because, you know, union guys are pretty cool, but if you're just blowing raccoons out of storm drains with a large vacuum cleaner, my level of respect goes down just a little bit. Just a little bit. Or maybe up. I guess it depends on how many raccoons you're giving me. I guess uh, then we're pals for life. He said a healthy amount for those at home who didn't have a mic on him. Nice. Page to picture, yeah? I did a movie with him. He's a producer. Movie, uh, what would you say what? your title is? Uh, give him the audience mic. Let's uh, do this right off the top like we do. One more time for Jade Robertson, everyone. Welcome, yeah. sir. Now Thank speak you. your Thank mind. You. Thank you for having me on the podcast. Oh, From shit. You're welcome. You, you are almost quasi- semi-famous right now you said you're from there are literally dozens of people who might be seeing this oh yeah this is a huge shout out your movie is going to get a big spike uh the name of the movie that uh, we just worked together was spandrel right spandrel yes we worked on spandrel together back in may june and plugging shit 20 day shoot what lars came out played a mover I got in a fight. Got I got to be a in a fight. Yeah. yeah you had great. a disorderly. Exactly. Man, I've been in a couple of <laughs> yeah. those on set for sure. That's crazy. Sault Ste. Marie. One time I was in Sault Ste. Marie and uh, I, they had 25 cent drinks across the river in uh, Sault Ste. Marie, U.S. Was it the back door? Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. With mission. Lars, it's always the back door. <laughs> the twin Sues. Yeah. Anyways, welcome. It's good to see you. We tell crazy so drunk, drunk so what stories what here. What so what are you, uh, what are you producing slash watching Lars Butcher next? Well, I mean, it'd be nice to Is get Lars sh- in the next. I got this one going called Wildfire right now, which I'm producing and the cinematographer on, which is the most what? fun job you can have yeah. as a cinematographer, other than maybe being in front of the camera, being the camera. Mm. Nice. Not as much stress as directing. You know, directing, yeah. you got to yeah. sure good call. Yeah. Also, speaking of movies, uh, this gentleman, I don't know if he told you on the weekend. He's pretty cute. He's in a lot of things. He was in amazing. a film where he was acting opposite himself. So he's playing multiple versions of yourself like a rock star. Tell us about that. Yeah, basically, I called up Tatiana Maslava, and I was like, so how do you do this? Like, how do you play yourself across from me? She didn't respond, though. Um, we're not friends right now. But <coughs> after uh, after I've done this film, that's maybe not true. We'll she responded. He just doesn't want to talk about it. <laughs> yeah, I didn't go. Stop stalking me. Um, yeah. So th- I'm basically never gonna work with another actor again because uh, acting across from yourself is just way cooler. So better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. It's uh, oh, it and as green screens get better, you'll never have to. Yeah. Well, uh, they won't even need a- actors anyway. They'll just CGI them. But um, I win. But yeah, no, it was interesting just because uh, you had to uh, you had to keep in mind what you were doing with the performance because like you knew as soon as you turned it around you were gonna have to be responding to that. It had to be kind of mapped out ahead of time. So we'll see how it d- how the filmmaker does it. He apparently, he's got some magic up his sleeve. He's gonna stitch some frames together. So 
What was the name of it? Uh, the working title is uh, Dream State. Dream State. Nice. Or tra Traits. Starring Trevor. That's Texas. actually kind of interesting. I mean, it's more Trevor interesting as Texas. Dream States, maybe Traits, or whatever. I like that. That's a good working title. <laughs> yeah. Because, you know what? He's not liable for shit. He can say whatever. It, it's, it's Dream Fox. Dream Car. Dreamland. Dream World or whatever. Because what's great about that's great. I love that. I mean, I didn't sign a contract, so this is to our legal good, team. This is to our legal team, which is absolutely nobody. You see what I mean? We are totally off the hook for any of that, right? If there's any liability here, he doesn't know what's going on. Neither do we. So it's good. Yeah, sue Safe. a podcast. Go for it. So yeah, so I'm sliding in here after that. Uh, On yet another Monday you guys night have where I have identities. I don't. They can sue this podcast. I <laughs> want to. Right. I'm coming in on the skin of my teeth once again on another Monday night, which I've always been saying is. You know so what? That's so actually kind of the point of this podcast. So, frankly, the fact that you come in on the skin of your teeth working like like a dog. Like a I've dog. I don't think I've been that's here. That's why you've uh, been the first, here. The first couple of podcasts, <laughs> yeah. because it was a bit of a slump in the cold season, what have you. It was fun. You weren't like, you know. Playing a bear, slapping fish out of a uh, <laughs> out of a river in a beer commercial or something. So, <laughs> beer and ice cream. You allowed you were allowed to be a little more concerned, but now we see you when you're like four excedrin away from a nervous breakdown. So mm -hmm. we're fantastic. Yeah. It's all good. We're getting Sleep. it on tape anyway. Sleepy yeah, man. Sleepy Trev here. That's yeah. why in the reenactment <laughs> show when we reenact this, I think he needs to be rich. I think he needs to be falling. I do asleep. sleep a lot. Like, and rich. I want to play Rob fucking Fowler. That's, uh, that's Rob <laughs> fucking Fowler, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah you could probably play Rob fucking Fowler for rich. sure. So, uh, welcome again to eighteen thirty here down at Nine Clarence Square. Here we are downtown. Drone. These guys are fantastic. We up. love you guys. Yeah. I don't know if you can hear us out there, but you're the best. Oh look, the door opened right then and there. Bettina, welcome back. One of our regulars. She's coming back in the, the secret door here into our little laboratory. We got all the regulars. So these episodes obviously sometimes are crazy party stories. A lot of. But Windy uh, City Nick's on his grinder right now. Windy Nitty uh, Six. I said, what did I just? I just said Windy Nitty Six. Is what I said. That's what his name is when he's here in Toronto. No, that's that's what he. This is this is Grinder account. All oh, right. <laughs> Windy Nitty Six. Yeah. <laughs> So, <laughs> you uh, so some crazy. We tell some crazy. Looking stories. for all kinds of stuff. <laughs> we tell some crazy stories. Uh, mainly Bob tells Excuse some me. crazy stories, but uh, we got a little, maybe some more uh, somber news. Some different. Uh, well, a different speed. Yeah. Want to address that. I uh, again, as an Irish Scott, I'm going to start off with uh, a joke because that's just the way it goes. Uh, if the government of Canada can make up random holidays and give them names whenever they want to. I can too. So today is family day, and I don't give a fuck what your MP says about it. So we're going to talk about family today, and I want to talk about the dichotomy of being a young person and being an old person and the differences you have. And I, when I say old person, I'm talking to you millennials who have absolutely no clue what I'm saying. See, someday you will look at your parents, your aunts, your uncles, your grandparents, and realize that all the stupid, ridiculous, mentally challenged shit that you are doing right now, they have done before you. In fact, nothing that you have ever done is unique or special because someone else has done it probably worse than you. So we talk about these stories. I, I give a lot of them you know, about my drunkenness and drug addictness and, you know, fightiness and yada yada what makes me unique in that story is that i am actually seven feet tall and i do weigh 393 pounds if you're sitting at home thinking i am the next wrestling superstar and you look in the mirror and you are not me there's a very good chance that what you are is a small man who has watched too much wrestling okay <laughs> that's just that's just the thing like i am not an astronaut there is no space capsule on Earth that could fit this ass into, and I recognize it. Regardless of my intellectual capacities, I am not a fucking astronaut. I am not going to be the president of the United States. It's just not going to happen, okay? We'll figure it out. No, but, but, but here's the issue. We are raised to believe that we are all the shining star of tomorrow's future, and that is simply because people have absolutely no concept of history. 
That's it. That's it. If you think you are unique, you have just not read enough books. Uh, I thought we were talking about family. <laughs> we are. And that's, that's where I'm getting with this, okay? Now, uh, I don't know if, uh, if our home audience or whatever knows this, but I'm adopted, okay? And I was adopted into a very interesting family situation. Um, now, here in Canada, in my immediate direct family, it's actually quite simple. It's not that particularly difficult to understand. My dad was stationed here during Vietnam, by which I mean he decided not to die for American political imperial expansionism. So he came here and met my mother. And that's a fun story about a man standing in a window naked and two young women looking up and being like, hey, look at that guy, and then meeting him later. We'll get into that some other time. But uh, they decided because she was injured as a child in a tobogganing accident, how Canadian is that? <laughs> injured, she couldn't have children because of a tobogganing accident, a very serious one, you know, toboggans. Watch out. Shit's yeah. dangerous. Yeah. Anyway, they decided to adopt, and they adopted me. And what's weird about this, and I'm not overly spiritual or zealotous or what have you, but my mom had dreams. And she told me about this before she died. Dreams about this little blonde-haired, blue-eyed boy that was, you know, looking up to her and talking to her and, you know, a little baby speak, you know, like, Munanakai, mommy, that kind of thing, right? So they go to the foster home. And they walk in, and uh, foster mother brings her down. And sure enough, there I am, blonde hair, blue eyes. My mom grabs my dad's arm so hard she bruised him and whispers in his ear, it's him. And my dad's like, what the fuck are you talking about? You know what I mean? Because, you know, every morning she wakes up, I had to dream about something. Right, and he's like, "Yeah, that's fantastic. I have to go to work now. We'll talk about these dreams later." Right, so he's like, "What do you mean it's him?" She's like, "It's the little kid. I've been seeing in my dreams. It's the it's the little blonde-haired kid." So dad grabs me from the foster mother, and he's holding me. Right, he has this big dirty beard, which he denied until I was like a teenager, and I found pictures, and he's like, "Yeah, you want to talk about my hair? I have photo evidence of you, pal." So anyway, he's holding me there. And I reach when I grab his beard. And I'm looking him seriously in the eye like, you know, you ain't choosing me. I'm choosing you. You know. And that's kind of been the relationship that me and the universe have had since then. I'm like, no, I'm not the one you picked. I'm the one that picked you. I'm going to do this, and we're going to see how it goes. Right? And so what this ties into is the very first time I went to Pittsburgh to see my grandmother, my dad and my mom flew down there just like six weeks after they'd adopted me and brought this little baby into a household, very strict religious rules and all kinds of, you know, human personality traits that just exist in every family, right? Just differentiation. And there was nothing there but love. Nothing there but love. For a kid who who knows where I came from. Nobody fucking knows. I don't fucking know. And I don't care. I've never looked. I've never thought about it. I've had such a loving family experience. That I don't want anything to do with it. That's just more drama than anyone could ever have. Right? I don't need it. You were a huge baby. They were afraid of you. That's what happened. Well, that was it, too. Totally. <laughs> I just overturned the car and, like, snapped a few limbs. But you were like, okay, baby. <laughs> so... As most of you home don't probably know, of course you can't possibly know, I just came back this week from my grandmother's funeral. Uh, she was 95, and she died last week. And one of the pictures on the big, you know, painting of her and her life sort of, you know, the, the memorial photographs and stuff, was of her holding a small child and with a little bottle in his mouth. I didn't know who it was. And at the funeral, I asked my dad, I'm like, which one of the cousins is that? Is that my cousin Emily? And he's like, no, that's you. <laughs> that's me. And uh, it dawned on me right then and there 
that there's a lot about life and family that we just don't know. And more than that, we choose not to know, right? And when we're young, we have no choice because we don't understand these things. We just can't. We can't figure it out. And as we get older, we start to fall into the, the human realities, right, of our lives. And, and the reason this associates with the drunken disorderly content of the show is that literally my experimental nature and the reason I partied so fucking hard, like suicidally hard, was because I was terrified of disappointing the man who had chose me out of a group of whatever to be a son in this kind of family, a family with that much love and acceptance, right? I could have been nowhere. I, I, I mean, I could have been totally fucked like a lot of people are, and I wasn't. You know what I'm saying? And it's not until you start to realize that you're losing pieces of that heritage and part of that history, and that's an adult recognition, that you realize, you know, I partied so hard to forget the pain that I thought I was experiencing as a youth, and I almost missed, almost missed the reality of what I actually have, you know? So every time I go, and I've been down to my, the last, and this is the sad part, the last two times I want to say my grandparents' place, but they're both dead, so it's my uncle's place now. The last two times I've been there was her funeral, you know? I don't drive, and I live you know, it's Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. I live five and a half hours with traffic. It's like eight and a half hours away. So, and most of that traffic, by the way, is from here to Hamilton. So, you know, the hammer, the hammer could just go suck a bag of dicks, you fucks. Like, get off the road. Anyway. This episode brought to you by Hamilton. Yeah, exactly. Tie cats. What? One of my art teachers was a tie cat. And that should tell you how good they are. You know, <laughs> if a retired tie cat becomes an illustration teacher, yeah. Just give up on that football shit, okay, guys? Anyway, so Tuesday, my grandmother passed away, and my dad was going to go by himself. He was going to drive down there. And we lived together and worked together, and our adult relationship was actually pretty amazing. Although during the teenage years, as everyone knows, Right, you know when you're a teenager, your dad, your mom or dad says, you know, under my roof, under my rules. My dad said that, yeah. and you know what I said? Good point. And I walked the fuck out. That was it. Like a week later, I was living on my own, right? Because that made fucking sense. Damn right, it's your house. Yeah, you can choose these things. I ain't living there. Why? Because I want to get laid, and you're gonna complain, and I don't want to hear it. So, you know, off I went. But he's going to go by himself, and he's like, so I'm leaving uh, Thursday morning. I'm like, you're leaving Thursday morning? And I sort of throw my passport at him. I'm like, we're leaving Thursday morning? Like, you're not going by yourself. Are you kidding? We're going to go. He's like, you want to come? I'm like, no. No one wants to go to a fucking funeral. It's not one of those things you get called the phone. Hey, you've won the fun-filled weekend at a fucking funeral. And you're like, woohoo! Let's bury grandma! Yeah! That's not how it goes. But, of course I'm gonna fucking go. Are you kidding me? It's a family fucking moment. And more importantly, me and my dad, now that we're close, I know it's important to him to have someone there. Right? And I think that's what I'm trying to say about this whole fucking family thing. This whole issue I'm talking about. It's people being there for each other. You know, no matter how difficult your family history is, no matter what the diversity of their, of their struggles and problems and, you know, internal conflicts are, you need to have some fundamental understanding and love for each other in order to survive this world because it's just not that cool. Life is just not that easy. We've all had these fucking moments where something terrible has happened and who's there and who should be there and I think it's something important to think about you know and I know it's kind of a somber mood normally these are a little more upbeat and I, I don't mean to sort of I don't mean to do that but at the same time I think it's really important 
Especially because, like I said, fucking, we're losing track of that. People in general are losing fucking track of that. And that scares me. Because if we don't have that kind of human empathy for one another, don't understand that, you know, everyone's human and we all fuck up and it's all screwed up and we're all just trying to live through this together. What is there? You know? Why laugh? Why go on? Why care? What difference does it make? If there's nothing better, if there's no love, if there's no hope, if there's nobody to hold your hand, if there's nobody to fucking hand you a tissue and you're crying at a fucking funeral, you know, who are you? Who are we all? Right? These are valid questions. Very questions. Exploring the deep roots. That's what we do here. So now I'm going to tell a fun, fun, fun story about my grandmother because she's awesome. Before I do that, though. What was her name? We're going to do both. Yeah. Yeah. Her name was Pat, Patricia. And she was uh, an Irish woman, an orphan. Her dad did the classic, drink himself to death in the alleyway. And her mom was uh, had rheumatoid arthritis in both her legs and couldn't work or do anything. So she became a welfare case. And in the 20s, that was just not a thing. Like, you weren't a person if you were broke and Irish. <laughs> like, you just didn't exist, you know? So my grandmother and her sister were put into an orphanage when her mom died. And uh, the Roman Catholic Church put a funeral on for her mother because that's one of the sacraments they're guaranteed that you know he's he'll get a funeral but nobody came because uh you know irish poor irish yeah yeah no money no standing so the two siblings ran away from the steps of the funeral my grandmother and her sister and because they couldn't just sit there you know with the body in the room they, they wouldn't they wouldn't deal with that shit so they ran off nobody came so anyway you get to an orphanage, and uh, when you're 18, they give you the boot. And either you join the convent, or they put you to work. So they're basically indentured off to wealthy families as domestic labor. So she spent many years as a domestic laborer with this family, just basically living as basically a house slave, you know, house servant with no respect or whatever just like yeah you're black irish like fuck it like here you go mop the fucking floors and don't ask too many questions but uh she became a dance instructor and started earning her own money it's like during the you know the the rolling 30s and shit like you know she was she was getting it done she had a punk rock hairdo before that was even a thing i saw some old pictures i was like oh grammy that's amazing <laughs> like short on the sides Bobbed on the top. I was like, what? What? Right on. Punk rock grandma. Yeah. Yeah, hear that? Awesome. So here's the story I wanted to tell you. (laughs) So she was going to the prom, and uh, she was casually seeing two men. They found out about it, decided they were going to have this big fist fight to see who was going to the prom with grandma. (laughs) This is long before she was grandma. This is when she was mama. So she finds out about these guys wanting to beat the shit out of each other. And she's like, nah, nah, I'm fucking tired. This ain't happening. I'll take you both to the prom. You both get a slow dance, and that's all you're fucking getting. And then you can drive me home. And if you guys want to, you know, beat each other up or have a little bit of a hand job, whatever, that's your business. You know, but that's it. There's not going to be any violence over this. I'm beautiful enough for both of you. So go fuck yourself. You know, awesome. That's grandma. You know what I mean? That's the story I wanted to tell people to end this off. I just want to say, yeah, that woman, she fucking, she was the rock of my family. She kept it together. And I have nothing but respect for a woman that lived 95 fucking years. Mm, It's all the shit in between then and now. Mm. Lived through it, Mm. you know? And it was never nothing more than a fucking sweetheart to everybody. Like, at the funeral, at the service, People I don't even, fu- I've never fucking met them. Pittsburgh, fucking Pennsylvania, I've never lived there. Strangers walking up to me and going, yeah, you know, when my son was suicidal, having serious problems, your grandma called. She talked to him. Now he's got three kids. He's got a fucking job. He's doing okay. I don't know what she said, but she fucking straightened him up. 
This is dozens of stories like this from total fucking strangers. I just stood there in awe. Mm. I'm like, well, I know she was always the biggest sweetheart I've ever known, but it's just awe. I'm in awe of the woman. So we're going to do two things before we end. One, I'm going to read you an Irish prayer. Come straight off the uh, the funeral pamphlets because I thought it was touching. And two, I'm going to do a shot of Irish whiskey. And all you at home, I'm going to give you the count of four. One, two, three, four. To reach for the bottle I hope is sitting next to you and do a shot with me. <coughs> all right. An Irish blessing. May the road rise up to meet you. May the wind be always at your back. May the sun shine warm upon your face and the rains fall soft upon your fields. And until we meet again, may God hold you in the palm of his hand. Amen. Drink up. Trisha. God bless. Cheers, guys. Yeah. Thank you for bringing with me. Well, I think you said it too when you said 95 is, you know, what a accomplishment that is. And that, that could be an answer right there to some of the questions about the whys and the whys and the whys. And then you look at a testament of someone who stood the, the stand of time and they just found a way to answer those questions every day. And like both my grandparents and my dad's side were in the mid to late 90s. My grandpa was 98. You know, that's just that when, when you realize. You know, you really look at them a different way after they pass, and you go, wow, they really slugged it out, especially during those times. And how much of there. the world have they seen that yeah. you and I just have no clue? Yeah. Like, I'm 30 fucking seven years old. What the fuck do I know? 95. That's a little ways off from 37. So what the fuck do I know? You know what I know? I know that I'm a, a half-decent writer. I can laugh a little bit, and I look damn good on TV. <laughs> Hear that, HBO? What's crazy, too, about that generation is they probably lived through the most change. To go from, like, zero, to go from horse and buggy, zero tech, to, like, cars, radios, Nuclear power. Nuclear. Space robots, age. Space. Like, all of Wi-Fi, all of that. It's, it's, it's insane. I had, a, I had a great aunt who lived to be 97. She, when she was, like, 17, 18, uh, immigrated to New York City through Staten Island. Like, classic Gangs of New York kind of era. Not quite as early as Gangs of New York, but close. And um, she remembers going to school, leaving the house, and her New York house, townhouse that they were living in, which was like the same thing, like 11 people in a room, like w 11 family members all in a one or two room thing, like way too many people and that should be there. She left and it was oil lanterns, went to school and came back and there was electric lights. So she lived through that. Like Yeah. To, to th she witnessed the dawn of electricity. That's fucking crazy. I guess it's also one of the things that makes you think, right? You think about it. Like, in the last 200 years, we have gone from candlelight to nuclear power and beyond. I mean, that's, that's not just an accomplishment. That is basically a miracle. I mean, that is unheard of. We have 350,000 years of human evolution and in the last 200 we've gone from the same technology the Romans were using to bring their corn home to flying to the moon and standing there chipping golf balls I mean this this is a, this is something that has to be recognized we, we as a civilization have stood on the shoulders I was actually talking to my cab the cabbie Chowdhury <laughs> today <laughs> about this guy. actually he's a great guy He's a good guy. We were talking about, he's like, I have kids. And he's like, I'm not much of a historian, but, but Mr. Bob, you seem like an, a historian. And I'm like, oh, fuck no. Please. Please don't do that. This is not true. I just read. Okay? And the most important thing that you can do for your kids is tell them to read and to disseminate the knowledge of history. Listen to podcasts, kids. Yeah. Listen to podcasts. That's right. Way more efficient. The only <laughs> thing you'll ever need you to know, Bob <laughs> will tell you. Apparently listening to podcasts listen and, and to doing podcasts. things is, is good. So you can read and listen to the podcast. That's but that's fun. what immortality is, right? It's the ability to pass the information we have now down right. from generation to generation. 
So that's what the internet is. I mean, that's the ultimate example. It's it's the it's the penultimate form of that exact representation. It's not just an encyclopedia. It's every encyclopedia. Mm. It's the sum total of human knowledge in the palm of your hand. Now, what we need to teach people is history and philosophy because the knowledge is there. What history does is give you respect for what we've done in the past. And what philosophy does is give you respect for why we shouldn't make those fucking mistakes again. Or why we shouldn't make new fucking mistakes again that are pretty obvious. Like, oh, wait a second. We have genetic technology. Jurassic Park, I love it. <laughs> Great example, right? Ian Malcolm says, you stand, and copyright notwithstanding, Warner Brothers 1991. Anyway, we... <laughs> <the> Lawyers, <laughs> if you mumble something under your breath, it's legal. We yeah. <laughs> He said, oh, he says, right, we stand on the shoulders of giants, but we haven't earned it. We don't deserve it. We didn't earn. We don't have any respect for it. We have no responsibility over it. We've just done it because we can. It's okay. We can do it. So we're doing it. And that's where history and philosophy come in, right? Just to make sure it was written Richard Attenborough. But, yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Right? If someone says, if someone says, Perfect. Yeah. That's awesome. Just to cover our tracks, yeah. Awesome disclaimer. Thank you. Richard Attenborough mm-hmm. said that? Yeah. Yeah. Or, or David Duchovny. Who knows? Who could knows? have been anybody. Could be anybody. Could have been anybody. I could have made it up myself, but I'm just that fucking wise. No, but the point is this. We know where we're going and how we're getting there. We're just refusing to admit it. it, it like, we are, we are tripping and staggering like like a broken-legged horse over the end of the back nine, hoping for the best. And the truth is we know where we're going. Mars. We're going to Mars. Oh, yeah, it's, yeah. yeah. It's Something's going to Mars. <laughs> You're damn right. I actually want to go to Mars. That will be a lot of fun. So does my brother. My brother I, wants a, to sign it, up. It, it's a one-way trip. Realize. So Well, yeah. the fir- I don't want to go on the first three trips. Right. Because the first three are all suicide missions. Like the first one for sure. Yeah, is that they're going to get there and we're going to watch them die live on CNN. And we're going to see how they that's died. That's a fucking and fact. Learn, yeah. It's going to be like a reality show. How long can he not breathe in that suit? Did he grow potatoes? Not this time. Like we've all read The Martian, right? We know yeah. this. We, we've seen it. Man, I'm it breaking a lot of copyrights man. today. I'm really sorry. You know what? I'm just quoting. Yes. Yeah. I'm just quoting. Thank you, Batman. Robin, you getting this? I think if I was on a Mars uh, mission, no, I would just not. bring the DVD to The Martian, and I would just watch it over and over again to train. <laughs> on the way. And like on the way, you're like, shit. Yeah. Because you get to the end of the movie, you're like, damn. Shit, I don't have any potatoes. Uh, our lovely host, Rocky, is here. Oh, yeah? Say hello to the people, Rocky. What up, what up? Hey, hello. <laughs> Good to see you again, Palio. Thank you once again for another yeah. wonderful night here at Bar 1830. Shout him out. Hit him up on uh, Instagram, too. Yeah, at, 100%. At 1830. You got to spell 18, then 30, then T-O. It's 1830-T-O. Kareem will link that up. Absolutely. Technology. And once again, guys, I know it's a little harder than most episodes have been, a little bit darker, but you know what? That's what the show's all about. It's the ups. It's the downs. It's the reels. Not fucking feels. Okay? I'm not going to tell you how it is. I'm going to ask you to experience it with me. And, uh, you know, believe what you want. Do the light and the dark. Exactly. Even though it's about kind of dark stuff in the, pr- in if the first it's not place. Well, <laughs> no, the thing is, dark stuff, it's not, not really. You know it's not true. Well, happen- a lot of stuff happens at night, that's for the sure. P- well... Yeah, but darkness does not... Thank you, Trevor. Uh, Could you please eat that glass? (laughs) Eat it. Eat it. I mean, might as well do something, man. What else? Anything else you want to talk about? Actually, what I want to do... What I want to do is I want to hold the audience mic out. I'd like to ask a question of anybody in the room. Uh, Just a quick one. I know Windy City Nick's probably got a story because that's usually what it is. But um, I want to know if anyone in the room has... A family story, and I don't mean like I don't need I don't need to hear like 
we were Sumerian refugees, and we came over during Christ's last reunion. Uh, no, a personal family story about the differentiation between youth and adulthood. Like the first time you sat with your uncles and had a beer, and they're like, would you uh, like to shoot this gun? Because you're like 15 years old. You can do that now. And I was like, yeah, fucking right. I'd like to. And my dad's like, fuck that. Put that shit away. You give Bob guns. This is all over. And I'm like, what? <laughs> Windy City Nick. As always. Um, yeah, I, I can do that because I just had a conversation with my uncle probably. kind of like. What's his name? Uh, Bo. Uncle, uncle Bo. Bo. Um, Shout out to Uncle Bo. From and, where? Uh, Chicago? Vancouver. Oh. Um, That's it's funny because I had a conversation with him and I actually had a really lovely conversation because when I was a kid, I always thought he was a bit odd. And I was like, I never really wanted to hang around him because he was just a bit of a odd dude. Because as a kid, I just couldn't differentiate. I was sure, like, who's sure. this guy? Then as I got older, my parents actually told me the story of, or my mother told me the story of her father, how he was a real hard ass. And my uncle really wanted to play the drums. And he's like, you want to play the drums? You're not going to fucking play the drums. That's not a career. And just like belittled him and belittled him. And then he just started like, just like sort of like what you did, re re rebelling a little bit and like not wanting to do that and sort of. I didn't rebel. I exploded. <laughs> I guess, yeah. Similarly. It wasn't my dad didn't say I couldn't do anything. What he said was, you can't do it here. Right. And what I said was, okay, I'll do it. Right over there. Um, it's like a hippie jam band in your backyard. Did you just move across the street I from guess your dad? I moved, a <laughs> I moved three and a half blocks away. That's great. And for the first year and a half, I raided his fridge every day. He came home and caught me making chicken in his, in his kitchen. And he was like, didn't you move out? I'm like, yeah, but you're like, no frills, only cheaper. I'm like, you can really beat any price. And he's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, it's all free here. And he was like, get the fuck out. And I was like... Nope, I'm making chicken. <laughs> and then he's like, how much chicken? I'm like, you want some chicken? <laughs> and he was like, it smells pretty good. And I was like, done, I'm staying. And <laughs> yeah. Anyway, but yeah, legitimately, <laughs> um, all I've all, I've actually never met one of my uncles, but the other two uncle like the two uncles always found them a bit a little the one was a little odd, the other one was a bit intense. You've hung out with yourself before, right? Because those are two words that I might use to describe you. Odd, Odd and intense. And intense. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel like you found your tribe in your own uncles. The apple yeah. falls out of the tree, <laughs> lands in the trough, and replenishes the orchard. Well, dude, like, le legitimately, when you were talking about how much we've advanced, I had a mini, like, panic attack just thinking, like, holy fuck, we have advanced. Why didn't they do that shit back then? So, yeah, I have odd and intense. Um, but literally, I always found, I just never wanted to be around them, and I was like, eh, it's a bit weird. But the older I got, I was like, oh, that's why you are who you are. And as an adult, I was able to, like, now I can have an actual conversation with these guys. And you saw yourself in them, and then now you connect because yeah. you see yourself in them. Because I'm odd and intense. <laughs> Uh, for those of you at home, I just realized there's a camera pointing directly at me. Yes, I did just fly, suck, and spit a fruit fly out of the air. Oh, wow. I apologize if that weirds you out, <laughs> but I had to get it away from my face. I thought maybe this... Never mind. <laughs> that happened? Explain it. Yeah, this one is, this right? Camera, it's great. Though. The one I'm looking directly at. Well, <laughs> it's great. That's uh, the No, a fly the suck. Show. There's a small fly. It was flying around right in front of my nose in a microphone, and I just went... And then, <laughs> over there, and then realized I'm staring into a camera while I did it. So, sorry, sorry, guys. That's a little <laughs> bit. Don't apologize. Don't apologize. Your grandma brings two dates to the prom. You can do whatever you want. I can suck all the flies that I need to. <laughs> I will yeah. end this by saying, when you were talking about how we don't have appreciation sometimes for like what we have, like this technology, all this shit. I took five pictures right by Queen Station of about 19 people not looking up from their phones. And I'm like, it's insane. Like, they they take it for granted. They're like this thing. I'm like, you know, there's uh, look up. But I'd never seen so many people with their faces down in the same block radius. I was like, this is creepy. Nice. From a safety point of view, I can tell you, I have saved more than nine people from dying on public transit because of their phones. 
And literally, I'm just standing on the on the subway platform, and some some girl comes walking by, texting, and she's walking out in right. front of the train, right. and has no idea she's two feet away from the platform edge. Her foot goes out over open space, and I grab the hoodie of her jacket and just like, come here, and then, <laughs> ding, 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 train goes by. I'm like, yeah, you know what? Um, hey, this multitasking thing, it's not what you think it is, you know. Well, no, no, you can do two, t- uh, I guarantee almost anyone can multitask. You can text and get killed by a train at the same time. That I guarantee you can do. I've seen it. it, can, it it's not that hard. You want to walk out into traffic talking on your phone and get run over by, you know, a, a Mack truck? That is a multitask you can definitely do. I watched a guy almost walk into an elevator shaft because he was checking his Google Maps. That's great. Okay. The elevator door's open. There's no elevator. And he's looking at his phone and just like, do-do-do-do, walks forward. Again, I reached out, grabbed the back of his jacket. He's like, what are you touching me for? I'm like, I don't know. And I gave him kind of a shove for just a little touch. He goes, takes a half step, looks forward. He just opened the elevator and goes, holy shit, save my life. You know, like, what the fuck? Someone help me. And I'm like, I just did, pal. Like, that's, that's the whole fucking yeah. point. What do you think is your uh, death versus life saved plus minus over the course of your life? Uh, death, zero, that can be proved in any court of uh, law. Okay, perfect. Um, no deaths. How many saved, lives saved? Saved lives. Ballpark. Or saved catastrophes. I mean, I know uh, you, dozens. You, you can't be sure that they would have all died. Dozens. I mean, I can, I can tell you right now, at least 20 people by my own hands, like, resuscitated, um, not let to bleed to death defended against mortal injury dozens um to be honest because i'm a local hero and celebrity the number of trademark facts the number of people that through my actions have not succumbed to harm or injury virtually incalculable i mean that's what local heroics are all about right like give me the keys to the city like i'm here i'm ready waiting Give to Drake, and all he did was fuck everyone up. So we're working on it. Um, I can also say with the same thing with the texting people looking down, being morons. Um, today I almost got doored by a guy because he was looking at his phone and opened the door, but it's like sort of like this. And I was like, you get it's just in yeah. I but are you a cyclist? I am. That's what happens to you, people. True, but I was just amazed by You're how many people helmet. aren't looking. I'm in a van. I win. Yeah. I'm also... This is not Amsterdam, okay? (laughs) (laughs) Look, the cycle culture in Toronto pisses me off. Thank you very much for bringing this to our our attention. Um, The cycle culture in Toronto really pisses me off. And the reason it does is, first of all, the cycle culture here is like, what, four months of the year? It's Canada, right? We spent tens of millions of dollars building bicycle lanes on streets that are only open... A third of the year. My favorite is the Woodbine bike lanes. This is a hill that is like 12 degrees away from 45, okay? Nobody rides their bicycle up this hill unless they are looking for a medal, okay? Every other person looks at a map and goes, fuck that. I'll take... I'll take Dundas over to Gerard, then I'll go a little bit higher up on there. I'll just, I'll just bypass that whole shit. That's crazy. No, no. Only the guys wearing spacesuits made out of neoprene with those fucking bullet helmets on, you know, and they're like $4,000 bike shoes that attach to the pedals, you know what I mean, are going up Woodbine ever. Mm. And we've turned a four-lane street into a two-lane street that is only active three months of the year. Fuck you. That is ridiculous. It is ridiculous ridiculous we are not amsterdam wake up people it's just not true you can there are so many bike lanes already in the city and they're they're looking to put in more where for what and the lies they'll tell about it my favorite the bluer the the lies so every business owner on bluer is like wait a second this is fucking us up like no one can park here no one can get anything the cars just driving by and there's like seven bicycles an hour that go by and they're all going to Bay Street to not be here because they're, you know, virtue signaling and not actually riding bikes for any reason and we're all going into business. And they tell the city, the city's like, no, no, no. 
see, we had an independent study that came in and put a laser grid on it, and it showed that, like, 55, you know, million people were riding their bikes down Bluer Street. And someone was like, well, what, what the hell are you counting? Like, squirrels? Like, what, what the fuck is going on? You saw rotations of wheels down Bluer Street? Is that what you're counting? Because the actual, I, I've stood on the corner. I'm, th- I'm sure we all have it, Bathurst and Bluer, or fucking Bay and Bluer, Young and Bluer. You stood there and looked at the bike lane, just stood there for 10 minutes. You'll see a guy go by. Eat a hot dog, have a few coffees, smoke some cigarettes. Another guy. Meanwhile, in this time, 4,000 cabs, 10 million trucks, 300,000 pickup trucks, you know, are all just jammed in the intersection trying to avoid the lane where that one guy every 45 minutes might go by for an ice cream cone. Or, like, because he lives nearby and it's easy to pick up his mail. Like, I, I just don't see it. If you want to... You hear that, Toronto government? Bob's anti-bike lane. No, I'm not anti-bike lane. We have enough bike lanes. Use them. Fuck out of the way of traffic. That's you, cyclist. You know who you are. And if you get doored, hey, man, like I said, I'm in a van. You're in a helmet. I win. Life's a bitch. Deal with it. Do you have other family stuff? Um, Yeah, if you're riding your bike as a family, double for you. (laughs) Yeah, go ahead. Audience mic. Oh, who we got here? Announce yourself. This is Jim Carrey coming to you live <laughs> from the 1830. For real. This Not is in Newmarket today. <laughs> but maybe tomorrow? Maybe tomorrow. Okay. No, probably not. Going to see my boys from Newmarket tomorrow. Fantastic. Anyway, speaking of family. Yes. I'm an older dad. My kids are in their 20s. and uh, I can see that by the high gloss. Yes, thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Let's take your hat off and see if we can see. Uh, not quite so much, but yeah, you got a forehead <laughs> anyway. Um, the sorry. point is, oh, you know, what's what's important to kids these days, and what's important as you get older, and thinking back about the history and and what we're losing. And so I was thinking about my dad and my mom and my uncle and my aunt and a bunch of people who passed. Sure. And so it really it does come back to exactly what you say. How do we remember these people, and will they be remembered in future generations? And would I not like to know more about my grandparents, who I know very little about? You know, so that's just a, a reflection that I've had. I was going through a bunch of pictures, and I saw some pictures of my dad and two of my uncles back probably 30 years ago. And the three of them were doing this, see no evil, speak no evil, hear no evil. Right. Funny picture. And I was saying, where the hell was that? You know, what what was going on and why were they just clowning around? Anyway, just a thought. Question. Yeah. And a wonder for, for young people, when you get older, well, think about it now. Because when you get older, maybe those people won't be there. And... You won't be able to ask them, but you could ask them now, right. you know, stories about their parents and stories about your grandmom. And, you know, you can get some of the stories now and know what some of the pictures mean and what some of the shit that happened when you were a baby. Like, I love that picture of you yeah. as a baby with your grandma. Yeah. So anyway, that's just a, just a reflection from uh, from someone who's been around a little more than... 37 years. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Your kids are going to get to hear all these stories while listening to the podcast. Well, it's the internet. The internet never dies. Yeah. I'm immortal, baby. Yeah. What? Oh, and also, just a side note, that uh, condition. That's... Conditioner. This has been our most existential <laughs> of episodes right now. Just teasing. Thank um, you very much for that insight. I really appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. Do we got anything else from the audience that wants to be discussed? Uh, Anyone else lose anybody? Want to talk about it? Want to talk about your family? You want to talk about your life? 
My mom's name is also Patricia, and she's passed away, so we share that in common. We have a grandmother. Right and on, man. Mother, Patricia. Patricia. Also Irish as well, too. Shit. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. man. I also learned I'm, like, so noble it hurts. Okay, so oh, like yeah. Share this. Shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So uh, on my great-grandfather's side, we're Scottish, and we go back to the Scottish monarchy. But on my great-grandmother's side, she's German, and she was a baronet when the Weimar Republic fell apart after World War One, And, and, what's really awesome about that is because the connection between the Scottish monarchy, the English monarchy, and the German monarchy, German monarchy, somewhere down the line, I probably have a claim to that one too. So, Boris, if you want to abdicate and just give the country to anybody, you talk to the queen and say, you Baba Kov, I'll become emperor of Europe, We'll sort all this shit right out real fucking fast. Jesus. You got a podcast. <laughs> it just makes sense, you know. You know what I mean? Comes with the podcast. That's right. That's right. Carpenter, artist, podcast, emperor. See what I mean? It you'd fits. You make a good king. You're very imposing. Regal. Uh, you uh, you can lead from the front. You're dictatorial. I feel like you're just as well. Strict. Understanding, but firm. Wow. That's good. Understanding but firm. Yeah. Nice. Um, any final thoughts uh, here? Should we uh, steer this back safely into harbor or what? We're going to need a bigger boat. <laughs> yes, to steer this back into harbor, I'd just like to say, you know what? All you guys who came here live tonight, um, you guys are solid gold. We love you. Um, solid all you gold. All you all at home, once again, I apologize for being a little bit dark this evening, but we love you too. Thank you very much. Bar eighteen thirty, you're the best. Yeah, yeah. Thank you kindly for letting uh, us do this crazy shit again. And if Rocky could come wandering back in here, we would point a camera at him and make him lovely, uh -huh. lovely. Hit us up at thirty nine DD show. But yes, yeah. Come on, check us out. We're watch, everywhere now. Watch full episodes on YouTube and share this with friends. Uh, you should be doing that too. Share also, by all means, by friends. all means. Uh, since these guys are humongous social media buffs, if you have stories that you want to share, share them with them because they'd love to hear it and I couldn't give a rat's ass. All right. Thank you very much, guys. Have a great night. Later, later. Peace.